going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of your favorite Sunday podcast, Scales and Tales, episode 66 on this uh, beautiful Sunday evening. I'm joined by uh, by a Georgia stick. Yeah, a lot of you guys probably know who it is. Mr. Cody Kirk is joining us tonight. So I'll let Cody introduce himself, and then we'll, we'll get the ball rolling like we always do. How's it going, everyone? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure uh, th- this I'm just calling it right now. This is gonna be a super good episode. That's just that's that's my two cents on it so far. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> so uh, just obviously just asking the obvious, how how did you get into fishing, Cody? How when did this uh, passion for you start? Oh, man. As far back as I can truly remember, um, you know, like probably most people, it started way back with my dad. Um I, I couldn't put an age on it, you know, it's young. It's, when I can have a rod in my hand, it's probably when I did. I was pretty much born into a fishing family. My grandpa, my dad, every, everybody, you know, everybody was pretty diehard bass fishermen back then. Oh, that's sick. So you grew up like bass fishing. Like obviously a lot of guys, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> real fishy, crop, crappie fishing and stuff like that. So not that it's necessarily uh not unheard of but like especially like back then like bass fishing i feel like wasn't uh looked upon as serious as it is, as it is today like whenever you talk to somebody there's a good chance they, they bass fish and i feel like you know 30 years ago that wasn't necessarily the case or if they did it wasn't like for fun fishing right yeah no exactly i mean that and that's how it was i don't i mean i've i've done a little trout fishing salmon fishing here you know here and there because i'm born and raised in Northern California. So we did that a little bit, but it was, it was strictly bass fishing. That's a, I mean, I remember, you know, young five going five years old, six years old, going through all my papas and my dad's stuff. I mean, they had, you know, full setups of G Loomis's, Corrado's, the old super freeze and all this stuff that really, you know, really is what got me, got me going. Damn, dude. So you grew up, you said in SoCal, right? Northern California. So I was born and raised. Yeah, born and raised in Redding, California. Um, I lived a half a mile from Shasta Lake from the time I was born until I was about 15, 16 years old. So, I mean, it was our backyard. Oh, wow. So like you grew up and like you you learned in in California on pretty much what a bass was and how they act, I assume. Yeah, so Shasta Lake was really my stomping grounds, my family. I mean, that was the only place we, I mean, not the only place, but where we spend 99% of our time. There's a few other lakes, you know, we we travel down to Clear Lake. Uh, we got some other good places up there you've probably heard of, you know, Trinity Lake. Um, another good one I probably shouldn't mention, but uh, a great fishery out there. Um, have some big old spotted bass. <laughs> damn. So like you, I mean, it, the fishing back then, it was it pretty damn good compared to kind of what it's like today out there? So yeah. Oh, it was, it was better. Shasta Lake is sadly, I personally feel like been on a decline for a while now. You, you, you still see, you know, big bags coming out of there every once in a while, some big fish, but it's, it's not. I mean, just this local or this recent Wild West. I mean, I think. I mean, I think the wind and bags were around fourteen pounds, and that seems to be what it's been. Pretty much every tournament I see lately, when uh, 
you know, before, I mean, you were seeing a lot bigger bags come out of there. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely slowed down a little bit out there now. You, you get the guys, you know, you, you'll get the big ones, you guys that'll, you know, pull out some real big fish. I mean, in 2019, I don't know if you heard um, that Wild West, I think it was in January 2019, Alex in the office, he, I mean, he brought in a 30-pound bag with a almost 14-pound largemouth and almost, oh, I think it was like eight 32-pound uh, spotted bass, so that's a giant bag you know what i mean they so they yeah. definitely come out of there but it's uh once in a blue moon and if the p and if they are you know the guys they're not talking about it right so when you grew up was that kind of what it was like was like you could go out and you catch 25 pounds pretty religiously out there yeah, i mean i wouldn't say pretty religiously but time of the year definitely yeah. played a huge part in that i mean i a lot of the year you were, you know, you catch, you know, 14, 15 pound bags was pretty average, but you get into some, some of them winter months, that late winter pre-spawn. And that's when the, that's when the bigger ones would really start, you know, showing up. Right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later. Cause that was one of the questions I had was about California. And now that I know you live out there, like yeah. I'll dive into it a little bit more. I just, I just thought you guys were out there <laughs> a couple months ago, but so when you were out there, you said you were out there till about you were you were about fifteen. So, did you? Is that like when you kind of heard about swim baits, or was it still like a low key, just like oh you no, know, the sticks out there fishing them? No, so it actually, I mean, it goes back a long time. I mean, my dad, I mean, back in two thousand, I know my dad and me were we were throwing, you know, the old LA sliders, some old bass tricks uh, back in those seven. Oh, six even. That's when uh, we had a club, cl- a local club tournament that we fished pretty heavily back around that same time. Oh, I think, I think my dad got, we, he got his new ranger, I think in oh four. And we started really heavily tournament fishing from like oh five on. And uh, in around about oh seven, I'd probably say oh seven. We started seeing more of, you know, the local guys in the club, you know, throwing these bigger baits. I mean, I remember seeing one of the local pros, I think his name Bill Townsend. He he pulled up the weigh-in one day, and, I mean, I, I showed my daddy, I looked over. There's this big old, you know, it, it was a lunker punker. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Net. And back then, I just, you know, I showed my dad, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's just a, just a big old spook. And you yeah. know, come to find out, it, it it was a lunker punker, and those guys, I mean, they were, they were the ones bringing in, you know, those big kickers. Did this lake have striper in it? Like, was it? Uh, did a lot of guys target striper along with the spots and largemouth, or was it just spots and largemouth? Yeah, just spots, largemouth. It does have smallmouth in there as well. It's a natural trout lake, I and mean, they got okay. rainbows, brown salmon. All kind of big sturgeon, yeah, big catfish. They got a little bit of everything, but no stripers. Damn. So when you were growing up out there, did you guys, uh, did you guys like idolize? Well, if it's natural, were they stocking trout into it, or was it just natural reproduction? They didn't really touch it at all. It was more. It was more natural reproduction. Now they did. I want to say they they were stocking stocking here and there, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't you know like it was down Southern California where. You know, you'd wait for that that stocking truck to come, and you know that, and then it was on. It wasn't nothing like that, really. You would, uh, 
you'd really just, I mean, you'd see, you'd see big bass cruising the shorelines, just absolutely demolishing trout. Damn. So uh, that's kind of, yeah, we were, go for it. uh, When you were growing up, how were you guys going out there and catching these fish? So, I mean, so with the, you mean just with the swim bait wise? Uh, I mean, just, just in general conventioning, like when you were growing up. So it, it all started. I mean, our main thing when, when we were really tournament fishing, it was jigs, uh, you know, darter head, little worms, uh, crankbaits, spinnerbaits. I mean, I think when I was really little, I think my big thing was just dragging the Carolina rig behind the boat when I was, you know, six, seven years old, just bored. My dad's fishing, dragging the Carolina rig, stuff like that. And then when I when I started getting older and, you know, really started getting the bug and really getting the passion for it. I mean, I mean, I think I was not nine, 10 years old. I probably had 15 rods. <laughs> we were deep into it. We were really deep into it at that time. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we were fishing everything conventional you could really think of. And then I think 08, 09, I think is when we really started. Not, I want to say really, but we always had a swim bait type and it was just, starting to become something with our we had a little local group you know the club and we lived in a lived in an area where a lot of the people around us were heavy bass fishermen so we had kind of our group and a lot of them and and we started throwing you know these these trout imitating baits and i mean it was i we had the i mean la sliders back then some bass tricks the old castaic baits my dad used to throw on that AC plug a little bit. So it, it definitely started young. I wouldn't say it was, you know, steady, steady swim baiting because it wasn't. And, uh, but it was, you know, once in a while when my dad thought the conditions lined up, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, heavy swim baiting until really probably, I mean, four years ago, five years ago. Were you in Georgia when you got into it pretty heavy? Your favorite swimbait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. No, I, I was still in California. Um, yeah, I, I was still in California. I actually, so when I was, I, <laughs> um, I don't really talk about it much, but when I, I when I was about 18, 17, I kind of started partying a little bit, going down some bad roads and ultimately landed myself in prison at 20 years old. So I, uh, did that. I got out when I was 26 and then, from that time, I, I mean, as soon as I got out, I just, that, that passion was still there and that swim baits were, you know, the new thing. And I kind of, you know, I had, I had the bug since I was little and I saw that and I just, it was on after that. Yeah. Was it, uh, I mean, was, was swim baiting, uh, something that you would kind of thought was going to get as big as it has been back then? Or did oh, you just yeah. think it was another tool that everybody would use? No, I, I saw it getting big. My dad saw it getting big. Um, 
it yeah it I, mean, I don't know it, it was really blowing up I, 07 08 09 I mean it was really it was really picking up steam as far as like mainstream anglers and tournament guys out there I know I know a long ways before that in southern California you know they were doing their thing but as far as up north I think that's around the time is it really really started getting heavy yeah, and I would I would obviously agree with that. Like you hear, you know, two thousand six to two thousand like ten or eleven. That's like when a lot of guys got like a, a quote unquote OG guys that started doing it. And I mean, right. since then, dude, it's it's absolutely crazy how much <laughs> it's blown up. Like ridiculous uh, to think about. It's insane. Yeah, I would have never thought. I mean, I would have never thought it would get to. I guess where it is today i mean because when we were doing it it wasn't i just wasn't that you know serious it wasn't you know all these brands all these builders and all this stuff it was just you know just a few trout imitating soft baits a few hard baits that punkers and stuff like that and that was really it so i didn't really think i didn't really know how much beyond that it would go but you know then i i get out and i see everything that it's become and it it is it's something else it's insane yeah, dude, it's it's freaking crazy. When you had gotten out and you saw how big it got, and were did you were you like, oh shit, like, uh, maybe were you shocked at like how far it had come? Kind of like, holy oh, crap, like yeah. there's all these builders, there's all these new baits, like, wow, this is crazy <laughs> to see. Yeah, I mean, just to the, I mean, just to the fact back, you know, back when in the day when we, me and my dad, really you know, started even seeing these swim baits. There wasn't really no dedicated swim bait rods. I mean, I think my dad was using old G Loomis musky rod. Like I don't remember which, like 844, I think it was, but just an old, old G Loomis musky rod. And, you know, that was all he had for swim bait rods. So and then now, you know, it's, I mean, there's something from every, every builder out there. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's freaking crazy, but so when you got out, how how long did it take you to kind of get into the groove of things, or uh, I guess kind of explore all the new shit that had come out and in, in, I guess uh, changed. So I mean, honestly, I I got out in the end of 2017. So really, it hasn't been you know that long. But as soon as I got out, I mean, that was as soon as I got out, I was fishing immediately. I mean, went and got a new boat pretty pretty quick. That was one of my first priorities. I just, I've, I've, you know, I've grown up in a bass boat from the time I could walk and I just, it's just something I think is always going to be a part of me and I'll, I will always have. So that was definitely one of the main things I, I made sure to get when I got out and, uh, I start, uh, I started throwing, you know, just the cheaper stuff really when I first got out. Um, I did, a buddy did give me one of those old Piz, I think it's the beef. I want to say I'm not too familiar with a lot of the pits, but it's, it was just an old uh, one of the older pits. I think it was a trout and trout colored beef. I want to say is what it was, and that thing is kind of what started getting me confidence. We took that thing out on Clear Lake, and oh boy, had some incredible days out there and the Berryessa as well. Yeah. So you said you said 2018, right? Yes, yeah, so I'd say 2018 is when I when I really got into like the big scene that it is now. Yeah. So yeah, all, being all in custom, yeah, right, yeah. 
being out in California, was it uh, was it common to go out there in 2018 and see guys? I mean, you, you had Underground was big. I mean, was big then. And you had like Depths 250 and stuff was super established out there in Huddleston. Right. Did you ever go out and did you see people actively fishing or was it kind of kind of, I guess, like low key, like guys had their rods on their decks, but you didn't see him hucking them out there at all? Um, so I will say everybody, every, where I'm from, everybody, you know, kind of knows everybody. And, uh, yeah, I, I will say everybody would have a swim bait tied on their deck. I mean, it, anybody I went out with, anybody I saw in the water, everyone would, it was, everyone would have a HUD tied on or just, you know, something. It was usually 99%. It was just the HUD. So everybody definitely had a swim bait on deck, but it wasn't. I mean, there was a few people, and there was definitely, you know, your handful, but it wasn't as big as it is down south, I would say. Yeah, I I don't know. When, when I hear California, obviously, break it up into SoCal and North Cal, and I yeah. feel like SoCal is, is the heavy, heaviest swim baiter guys. There's the guys who are, you know, fishing. I'm not even going to act like I know what lakes or whatever down there, yeah. but I feel like NorCal is – is a little kind of wean off it. It's not as uh, swim bait pressured there. Maybe I guess I could be fucking completely wrong, but that's just that's just kind of how I yeah. see it from from where I'm at. Right. No, and you're right because I mean, up where I'm from, I mean, you got you know you got a little handful of lakes and like Shasta Lake. It's problem. It, it's just the spotted bass are so overpopulated that. Um, those big large ones just aren't showing themselves as much as they used to, you know? So I think a lot of, a lot of those guys that are out there fishing, those locals that are fishing Shasta and stuff every day, they're, they're out there fishing tournaments as much as they can. So I think they're just fishing whatever, whatever, you know, they can get bid on. And, but they, I will say that any, but all those main guys fishing tournaments out there, they always got big baits tied on and and they do bring them in once in a while, but they, they, they use them situational. And right. that's it. If, it line, if the conditions line up, they'll use them. But if they don't, and you know what I mean? They can waste their time. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what, what year did you, did you move over to Georgia from California? Um, so I moved to Georgia at the end of, so 2019, beginning of, yeah, at the beginning of 2019, I think I was in Georgia. So yes. you move over to, move over to Georgia uh what's what's june kind of, of 2019 yeah okay so what, what that? does that kind of compare to georgia to norcal like is the weather kind of the same or i'm i'm assuming it's probably a little bit hotter in georgia oh no okay so northern california in the dead heat of the summer i've seen days where it's been 115 degrees so it gets Holy hot shit. it gets very hot up there um but it's dry you know zero percent humidity no humidity yeah, dry yeah. heat in Georgia, it gets it gets hot. It gets you know in the nineties or whatever. But when it gets hot in Georgia, you also got that you know hundred percent humidity, and it yeah, it just is brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, you walk outside and you're wet, and you haven't even done anything. You haven't started <laughs> yeah. sweating yet. Exactly. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's brutal. It definitely is in that sense. And then, in the sense of fishing, was it? Uh... Had you ever like fished kind of the the southern states, or had you always fished NorCal your whole life? Um, I never really went to 
I, I didn't fish Southern California much. I, I stayed up North, um, mostly Shasta, Trinity, went down to Clear Lake here and there, uh, Berryessa, but that's about as far as we really, really went until, until once I got out here in Georgia is when I really started just, you know, traveling everywhere I could to fish. Yeah, so that was going to be the next question. So you kind of settled down in Georgia. What's your water situation look like around you? Do you have to travel quite a bit, or is there water uh, like on the back porch? No, I, honestly, man, it sucks. It is <laughs> it is not ideal. I work for these fish, and it. I mean, I drive, so I, I live. I mean, I live a mile from Lake Alatuna, which most people around here call it the Dead Sea. Oh, geez. Um, it's full of spotted bass, full of stripers, wipers, whites. I mean, everything that you could think of that are those more, you know, aggressive fish that are out there, yeah. Yeah. you know, really destroying the habitat. Get, you know, um, there's largemouth. There's largemouth in there. You know, Mike Bucka made, you know, he was a guide on this lake for a long time. And he used to pull a lot of really good fish out of this lake. But it's just not what it used to be. I mean, I think the late record is 17 or 18 pounds here. But I could, I'll maybe once a year see somebody pull a eight-plus pound out of there. I mean, it's it's brutal out there. I don't – I think I've spent maybe one or two days a year period on that lake, and I live a mile from there. So I, I, I got to drive. I got to drive two hours minimum to a lake that I have a shot at you know a, a yeah. six pound plus or something that's just you know wor- worth you know it, worth right, even right. going yeah. yeah damn dude what ha- uh had it always been like that quote-unquote dead sea since you had moved there like what were the glory years like how long ago was that if you know since i i honestly couldn't really tell you specifics on that i know since i've been here it's it's been that way it's a big yeah. pleasure boating lake i mean you go out there in the summer Every cove you see, there's hundreds of boats tied up, you know, partying. It's very, a lot of pressure in the summer with pleasure boaters. And then in the winter, you know, you get, you have a lot of, a lot of diehard tournament guys out there, but, you know, they're going out there and fishing their ass off for, you know, 10 pounds to 14 pounds or, you know, something like that. I mean, most of the tournaments I see out there, I mean, I see like 10 pounds, you're in the money or something like that. And it's just, yeah, it's those cookie cutters, spotted bass, one to two pounders, usually not two pounds. So that's it, like, yeah, that's like some Wednesday night tournaments on some of these inland lakes up here. That's crazy. Yeah, Damn, yeah it, it's brutal. I wish it was. I wish it was better because you know it's right here in my backyard. Yeah. Does uh, is there like anybody that kind of chalks it up to being uh, like as far as like water management uh, fault? or anything or is it just kind of like the lake uh grew more fish than it could provide for i want to say it's a little bit of so in the winter they uh they they drain this lake down to almost nothing i mean there's you know there's still plenty of water but it it, it goes down to almost nothing and there are yeah. so much there's so many stripers hybrids and spotted bass i just think you know there's such there's such more of an aggressive fish that they are always out hunting bay. I, I mean, I think they're just completely overran this lake. And I, I, I couldn't, you know, I don't know if that's really the case, but that's 
the only thing I could really think of, I haven't really been around here long enough, you know, to really, to really know. I mean, I know there's still fishing. I know there's, you know, still some decent fish in there. You see them every once in a while, but it is definitely nothing like it used to be. Is that Lake uh, Shad only, or is there like uh, trout that they stock in there? Or is it just Shad? No, just, yeah, just a bunch of thread fin and just little, yeah, just little Shad. The only to, to to get to trout water, so that's my. It's kind of a. I guess probably the next thing veer into is the trout waters. The stuff yeah. that I like fishing is uh, where I say where I have to drive two hours. This is ninety five percent of the time when I'm going fishing, I'm driving that two hours, two to I mean sometimes two to three hours, and I go north, 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 like up to pretty much western North Carolina, the border of Georgia eastern tennessee where that all comes in together um i that that's that's where i go do you um so obviously the fishing up there is a little bit better but when you had first gone down there did you know that the lake you were moving right close to was was kind of that dead end lake for you or did you have high hopes and you just kind of got shell-shocked when you got there uh no so i really you know when i when we were, you know, getting ready to move out here, of course, I'm on, you know, Navionics or Google yeah, yeah. Earth every night trying to figure out what bodies of water I'm going to be next and all this. And I see this big old Lake Alatoona and, you know, I, you know, I'm pretty excited for a minute. And the more I read into it, it was just so disappointing. And at this point we were, you know, we were moving, we were set. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of disappointing. And then, you know, the more I looked around me, it was kind of, you know, the, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, the next big lake we have, I mean, there's Carter's, which is an hour north of me. And same thing, spotted bass. You can go up there and, you know, have a good 15 to 20 pound spotted bass bag if you want. But, I mean, that's, that's, it's tough to do that. It's, it's kind of the same deal as Alatoona, just a little bit better. Um, and then if you go east about an hour, lake lanier which is probably one of my favorite lakes in georgia uh, it doesn't have a huge population of largemouth. i mean it, it has a decent one but they're just not too common it's a it's a spotted bass factory and i mean a big spotted bass factory this place this place puts out big bags i mean it doesn't matter what time of the year if you don't have 21 pounds, you are not even going to get in the money. And that's just spotted bass. It doesn't matter what time of the year. I mean, 24 pounds, one black, I think yesterday's tournament out there. And it's just it's the way it is. Every, every single week I see tournaments. So that place puts out a lot of big spotted bass. And that's a fun one to fish. Yeah, I've, uh, I have some friends who, who fish that lake, I'm pretty sure. Uh... But yeah. going back, kind of looped back to the trout thing, kind of got us off track there. But uh, so the <laughs> yeah, trout yeah, thing, <laughs> no, you're good, man. So the trout thing, was that kind of, uh, was it a, I'm trying to think of the word here. Was it like comforting to know that there's something that you're used to from back home? Uh, I guess like readily accessible as far as trout lakes and stuff to you? Or was were you just like, I I'm used to fishing this stuff and I think that this is the best shot at good fish in my area. Yeah, you definitely, um, it just, the lakes up there, they just set up more like my home. 
you know, my hometown lakes, uh, mostly all highland reservoirs, deep water, you know, deep, steep banks, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything. And that's kind of what, you know, made me gravitate towards that up there and the trout, of course. And when I, when I moved over here, I was, you know, pretty, pretty already getting pretty big into the swim. I was, I was pretty heavily already into the swim bait thing. So I was trying to go, you know, where, where I could really find success with these swim baits and have my best shot. So that's uh, definitely was, it definitely was helpful having, having those lakes. I just wish they were a little bit closer. Right. And so you, you've been there for a couple years now, three, four years or so. How yeah. were you able to kind of break down the Georgia waters, especially these trout, these trout lakes? Was it, was it pretty on par to what you were used to doing at home as far as like season wise and how the fish were acting? Or did you kind of have to really cut your teeth and, and relearn the, the, the fish you were going after? Definitely had to relearn it. It, it. it was a lot different, a lot different than I thought it would be. Um, so, so some of these places up there where these trout are, uh, one lake in particular, I just, I'm not going to name it, but it is more of a, more, more of a, it's a river slat, you know, that comes, it's at the bottom of a big spillway and it's a lot of, a lot of current. So it's when that dam starts flowing, there's a lot of current and that current is what really activates those fish. So you could be fishing out there all day and if they're not releasing water, it is just dead. And then, you know, as soon as you see that dam kick up and going and that water going, these fish start coming alive and it, it, it's a blast. Out out in California, you know, you're more like, you know, you get way back on these on these big, long points and you're just, you know, throwing a hood out there and letting it sink, wait five minutes. And I mean, sometimes I'll just free line, open my spool and troll the other way, you know what I mean, for long as I can and just sit there and just long casts. I, it's a lot different. Don't have, I don't really do much of that out here. So you, you could really, you, you could really, you know, power fish for these ones up here. Yeah. So, uh, so like right now, how does it compare to what you'd be doing in California or is it kind of close to the same thing as far as how you would be fishing for them? Um, yeah, no, a little different. Honestly, what's nice about those there's lakes up and uh, up there with that current. I feel like the weather, or I shouldn't say the weather, the seasons don't really. I mean, they definitely you know do a little something, but you yeah, can go yeah. up there. And, and, I mean, you can go up there at any time of the year. You know, throw a wake bait or something. You can get fish, fish to eat. They are active fish up there, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's just the current, all the trout, all the all the other stuff is in there, but those. Every day is different with those fish. It's it's different. It's a day to day basis thing. You know, I go up there, figure out what they're doing. I mean, it could be you know same week, same weather. They'll be right on the bank to where I throw a bait, and I'm spooking them in inches of water. Yeah, um, and then I'm yeah. the next you know next day I go up there and nothing on the bank. I got to go out in the middle and start scoping them. And so it's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah. So kind what would you be doing? What would you be doing if you were in California still? How does that fishing kind of set up differently? Uh, if I was in California right now, it would be just low and slow, big baits on the bottom. I, I do. I would have zero hope in any fish hitting. You know, I wouldn't say zero. I mean, they'll hit. You come across <laughs> the right fish, it's going to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. 
uh, up here right now, I'll, I'll go up and then I'll throw a glide all day and, you know, should, should have pretty good, you know, pretty good action with it to where in California, this, this cold weather, it, it shuts them down for that fast reaction, reaction, you know, bites. Yeah. And that was, that was going to be the next question is uh, you had kind of touched on it. The fish out in California, they, they take a little bit more uh, abuse to the climate. They kind of shut down by the sounds of it. Whereas these Georgia fish maybe aren't necessarily used to it, but they're, they're a little more tough and rugged to it by the sounds of it. Yeah. So these Northern, these North, these Northern Highland reservoir fish, they, they are, yeah, they, they are aggressive and, I mean, they, they eat all year long, no matter really what you throw out. And you just got to find them and put it in the right spot and get them fired up. I mean, that's, that's really the big thing is getting them fired up. A lot of people will, you know, I use active target a lot. I, I use the live scope big time and a lot of people will be out there and, you know, they'll toss out of school or something. They won't, they can't get them by the, you know, something, but it's really about just firing those fish up. I mean, there's been times where I'll throw an A-rig over them just to get those fish really, you know, in the mood to feed, and they'll be facing the other way, and then I'll throw a glide right over top of them, burn it as fast as I can to get those fish to turn around. As soon as those fish turn around, I'll pitch that glide back out there and just slow little twitches, and they'll freaking come unglued on it. So it's really just about getting those fish fired up and in a feeding mood. Damn, dude, that is so crazy. So, yeah, whereas California, those fish, you know, don't want to move, and these fish are just waiting, waiting for that school to, to swim by to get all yeah. up ready to eat. Yeah, that, yeah. Are, uh, yeah. are they southern strain in Georgia, or are they northern strain up where you are, or you're fishing at? So, uh, you, got a, you got a little bit of both here in Georgia. Uh, those highland rivers up north, I want to say they have some – mostly hybrids a lot of northerns up there um but once you get down you know once you get out of those appalachian mountains and down you know down here and stuff it's mostly these floridas and stuff right and then norcal is southern strain or are they northern out there no yeah mostly northerns out there i know i want to say that they have i want to i see that i want to say they have they stocked hybrids in there as well like the F ones or whatever the, the yeah 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 damn dude it it's weird to hear I I guess it's not weird because you are you know two thousand miles apart but it's weird to hear how how much that weather affects the or the northern strain bass in NorCal relative to the ones in Georgia mm-hmm. like when I don't know when you think of a northern strain fish you think of maybe at least my from my thoughts maybe not necessarily actively feeding but they're not they're not going to be lo- like tight lipped. Like they'll, they'll eat if, if something presents yeah. itself and like they'll, they'll swim right. around, they'll, they'll follow something if it's not being burned. Whereas like you were talking about in, in NorCal that they just kind of, you just have to drag it past them pretty much, which is not going to say crazy to hear, but I th- in my opinion, it's kind of unusual because I've never really experienced that, I guess. Right. And, and I will say it's very, in California, I mean, you, it, it's a lot you can go down to clear lake you know and it, it could be a completely different ball game that yeah. is shasta lake is just it is just a lake of its own man it's it's a stingy lake it's just kind of a lake of its own and which it, you know and that's just kind of where i spent most of my time now i see 
you know, I see these guys down in Clear Lake and I mean, just this last big tournament they had down there. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to remember the bags. I mean, it was 30 plus pound bags every day for the top, you know, five to 10 angler. I mean, it's, you know, 30 pound bags every single day. And down there in the winter, those fish, you know, they get, they get fired up. Oh shit, dude. That's so crazy. So kind of yeah. moving from, from the winter, uh, uh, apples to oranges, California to Georgia, what's it kind of set up like in the spring and summer? Obviously those, those Northern fish probably, or NorCal fish probably start to start the pre-spawn a little bit earlier. But other than that, are they kind of timed up the same or what have you noticed about the pre-spawn into uh, the post-spawn? Yeah. Oh, they, uh, see now one, once you get into that pre-spawn and spring starts swinging around, just like most places, you know, fish, fish start getting fired up and it gets to a point, you know, out there where you throw a glide bait and rip that thing in as fast as you can and you'll have a pack of spots chasing it. It's just, it's mostly always those spotted bass, you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, Shasta does put out some pretty, you know, pretty big spots. Um, and it's just not very often. Not right. like it, you know, not like some of the other lakes around there. Now, there's a few lakes close to Shasta, uh, you, which you probably saw in, when I was out there. I didn't, when I was out there, I didn't even fish Shasta. I didn't even waste my time out there, not one day. <laughs> I, uh, I went out to my, this, uh, the other lake that I really, I really enjoy. And yeah, that place is, uh, it's not very pressured, not a, I wouldn't say not a lot of people nobody was just not really you know on the map if you're not from northern california like you you know you'll say the name and people are like yeah i've never even heard of that lake but if you go on if if you go on google or some on i think Bassmasters did it it was ranked one of the top spotted bass fisheries in the entire world so it's uh that place is something else i mean i've seen i mean i've seen spots in there i don't even want to i don't even put a number on them but i've seen some spots in there close to 10 pounds I mean, big, big spotted bass. Yeah. So me being uh, from from the northern Midwest area and a complete uh, bass noob, a spotted bass, they don't get as big as largemouth. Uh, I, guess, I guess what kind of separates the spots from the largemouth as far as like body build and maybe aggression and stuff, if you could explain that for people who don't know, because I, I'm an inquiring mind and I have no idea what they are really. <laughs> spotted bass yeah they're just a lot more aggressive fish um that's what i thought they yeah they now they get big but if they're not in a fishery that supports you know they they're very aggressive and they eat that's all they do i mean a spotted bass they just they chase bait and that's it so you know they they get as big as they can but they just they just you know they don't have the build of a largemouth obviously and a large mouth aren't they aren't out there hunting the way these spots are so i don't are think, these, you know, i don't uh, think what was that? oh go ahead no go ahead oh no i, I was just saying these these spots or those large mouths just they're not exerting the energy you know that these spots are and these spots yeah. are running in you know usually in, in big packs and i yep. it doesn't matter what time of the year when i see them on sonar and stuff these spots are feeding no matter what to where you know i'll, I'll scan over and i'll see a large mouth and it's maybe, you know, one, usually yep. one, if not two, you know, sitting stationary, you know, behind a stick up, behind something, just, you know, stationary where the spots, you don't see them sitting still very often. 
Yeah, and that was going to be my next question because I, I mean, you see videos and stuff of guys uh, spot fishing with a rigs and they catch you know two three fish at a time on an a rig, whereas yes. a lot of the time, uh, not obviously not every time, but you're only going to catch one one largemouth on an a rig. And uh, for anybody, I know I've plugged it a couple times, but uh, Bill Murphy's in Pursuit of Giant Bass, he talks yep. about how per, per, predominantly largemouth is what that book is geared towards. He talks about how largemouth don't necessarily school once they get above three pounds they don't school up if you see more than one in an area it's more than likely just because that's like a super good feeding area there's a lot of bait that swims through there um exactly and and so yeah that's what i i figured i figured spots were kind of like wolf pack hunters because like i said when you see guys catch them on a rigs or crankbaits or stuff i mean i've I've seen videos of them eating crankbaits two at a time like it's oh yeah just looks like they're fucking just a like just juiced up largemouth and they just don't necessarily get as big but some of the spots yep. i have seen like you had talked about how they eat a lot like just bowling ball fish and they're only like 20 inches yes. but they're all a five and a half six pounds like that is absolutely crazy <laughs> yeah it, it is truly insane some of these some of these like some of these spots that are coming out of this lake that i'm talking about i mean it's it's just insane seeing because it's, I mean, probably 20-foot visibility and clear, clear water. And you'll see these things wolf pack chasing your bait. And, I mean, it, uh, it's just, it's hard to explain. It's insane to see the amount, how many of them, and how big some of them really are that a lot of people just are not, they're not seeing. I mean, these, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it was, when I was out there, I went out pretty, because we're my dad has a ranch out there and he lives about a mile and a half from this place where i'm talking about where these big spots are and i was going out there every morning i was going off from about six till eight thirty or nine that was about it just a couple hours that early morning window and i don't think there was a single day that i had less than 22 to 23 pounds per five and every single day i had at least a five pound spotted bass for my biggest one I think the biggest one out there I had that trip was almost six pounds. Dude, that shit's crazy. Is it, I'm not going to say hard. Is it a challenge to kind of catch the big ones because the small ones are just so, so full of piss yes. and vinegar and they just want to kill your bait before the big ones have yes. a chance to get up to it? Very, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it's, and it's uh, how I was catching those ones out there. It, it was not, you know, I was fishing with a wake bait. It was, very cold um that lake had the water's pretty dang cold all the time anyways but it was cold it wasn't your average you know wake bait month i think i was there in december i mean yeah it was in december um and i was throwing a wake three out there and i would see them all schooled up on live sonar and i would toss it out there and i mean some of these casts with the wake bait it was taking me four or five minutes and it was just tossing it out there, not even really twitching it, but just letting the ripples and the waves do its thing and letting that thing work itself. And these fish would just get so pissed off seeing that thing and swipe at it, jump over it, do this. And eventually, you know, eventually one would grab it. But it was always like, because I, I can, I have, my, I got my active target pretty dialed in. And I could, I'm not going to say I could say the exact weight of each fish, but you know, you know, a pretty good idea of what class, you know, fish that is. And I was always, you know, if it was the little ones, I'd try to, you know, pop it away from them and just wait for that big one to come. 
and that's really that's really how it's getting the bigger ones to the bigger ones to eat. Hell yeah, dude. Have you noticed a difference in spots in Georgia relative to California, or are they just kind of universal everywhere you go? Uh, so the spots in Georgia are definitely not the spotted bass in, in <laughs> California. But, yeah, I mean, at least the lake that is, I would say is the closest as far as to the fisher I'm talking about out in Northern California would be Lanier. Lanier okay. has a huge population of spotted bass and it's very common. I mean, every tournament there's at least, you know, a handful of five plus pounders caught. You don't see very many pushing that over seven, um, but a lot of, a lot of fours to six pounds spotted bass come out of that yeah, place. Yeah. Um, and they do eat swim baits and they, they, I've had some, I mean, I've had some swim bait days out there where I've got 40 plus fish all on glide baits, but it's That's very, se- very seasonal. And when it's winter, they're finicky out there and you can't get them to eat nothing but a tiny, you know, something very little, but as soon as spring comes around, it is absolutely madness out there. Yeah. So these spots uh, in Georgia, are they, do they kind of chill on the bottom or are they just kind of pot up in the middle of the column and just fucking ravage on whatever they can swim into? Yeah, it really depends in the, in the spring and the freeze one there, you know, they're moving up shallow. Um, in the and they're doing their thing up shallow and that's when they're really 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 hitting these big baits glide baits out there just absolutely wreck them in the spring but winter time they are they relate to the ditches they get deep in that 30 30 40 foot you know get you you know just deep very much in the ditch of the creek so i you know you just work your way I usually start in the very back of a creek and just work my way out, find the depth they're at, look for, you know, brush piles. It's really the big thing is just ditches, looking for brush piles to bring something over right there. Yeah. And kind of moving moving towards the uh, full circle, the fall and winter aspect of, of fishing in Georgia and North Cal. What uh, is, is fall pretty much off the hook for both places or do those NorCal fish when it starts to get a little bit cooler after that nice hot hot summer do they kind of maybe not necessarily shut off but you can see that they're starting to go a lot more dormant relative to what you've witnessed in georgia or is it kind of kind of the same everywhere it's it's kind of the same so i mean california it's just uh, you could go you can catch fish all i mean you can catch it really good all year long out yeah. there but it's just not the size you know what i mean you can go out on shasta and catch you know, cookie cutter spotted bass all day long, probably, probably any time throughout the year. I mean, there is tough days, but out here in the fall, I, I think I've had probably some of my best success in the late summer and fall. That's probably some of my favorite, absolute favorite fishing here in Georgia. A lot of that good top water, a lot of, you know, wake bait stuff, a lot of just super fast power fishing, which is how I really prefer to fish. I, I'm not very good at uh, you know, that slow glide bait and stuff. I like I like yeah. yeah. I like to work myself very fast. So I think that late summer and fall is is definitely my my favorite time here in Georgia. Yeah, man. So winter, um maybe not necessarily not worth it to go out in the in Cal in the wintertime, but is it is it harder to get up and go fish in NorCal in the wintertime relative to Georgia in the wintertime? Um, for 
it's just hard to say because you could really go out there if you want to put the time in. I mean, you you always got a shot at a giant, no matter what. Right. Like, out in California, yeah. I mean, I, I know I say you know it's it's not like what it used to be. It's slowed down, but do not get me wrong. That place, you have a shot at a big. You know, you have a shot at a giant every time you go out, especially in the winter. If you want to put that time in and you know drag a mag or a, you know the hood or something all day long that i mean you'll catch you will run into one and it'll probably be a good one it's just you know it's you're definitely putting in a lot more time out there you know with the bait a lot slower presentations than you are out here i feel like which just yeah. make you know make, which cuts it out for a lot of guys i mean i'll be honest right. with you, i don't i don't like going out and dragging you know a, a hood or something slow all day long now when my, my dad used to, you know, that's when he would do it, I, I would sit in the back and I would drop mine down there and I would just troll that thing on the bottom while he would do his thing. I mean, I just would leave it there on the bottom, troll it, and that's how I would do it. I couldn't. He he can go out there all day and do that, but it, it just wasn't, <laughs> just not my thing. I like to I like to power fish and fish fast. Yeah, yeah, we're two peas in the same pod because <laughs> I just had I just went and fished a uh, a hud today in the river, and oh my gosh, dude, that was the slowest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I hated it's it brutal. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it man. is brutal. But, um, when you when you moved to Georgia, so a couple of years ago, did you go straight into? Like, did you bring the swim base and go straight into it there, or did you kind of figure out the conventional fishing and then kind of, kind of spread your roots and uh, and sprout from there, or had it been swim baits to the nose to the grindstone as soon as you touched down out there? Yeah, it was pretty much. Uh, it was pretty much swim baits. You know, eighty percent of the time. See, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not one that's going to say. You know, I I just throw swim baits. You know, that's it. I I got. I got a rod locker full of whatever rods, yeah. you know what I mean, on, on deck at all times because when it comes down to it, I'm out there to catch fish. And if I know that I'm not going to get bit on a swim bait, I will throw. You know, I, I enjoy throwing. I really enjoy throwing A-rigs. I like jerk baits, spinner baits, stuff like that. And I, and I will – and I'll throw that if I have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same exact way. Like, I have no <laughs> problem. Like, if I – I mean, in the fall time, I caught, I caught a shit ton of smallmouth on the jerk bait, and it was a lot of fun. Yep. Don't get me wrong, but then I'm like, ah, huh? like okay, two days of catching, probably we'll say sixty fish on a jerk bait, super fun. Like, it said, does get old. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah. I mean, I can do this with a one seven or one sixty eight, fucking same exact thing, and so that's what I did. But I still had the jerk bait yep. with me in case they weren't going to exactly. get in the swim bait. I wanted to catch something at least. <laughs> Yep. I'll, I will always start, you know, I'll always start with the big bait and, you know, if I got it all downsized, but I mean, but you got to think, man, there's, there's always a presentation big bait wise to match whatever you're trying to do conventional. And if you don't try that big thing first, you're, I mean, I wouldn't say you're cheating yourself, but I mean, why not? You know what I mean? If, if you want to throw a yeah. jerk bait, throw a TK out there, work it the same way, throw, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to throw a spinner bait, throw a paddle tail out there, work it fast stuff, stuff like that there's always there's always something you know what i mean you can you can kind of match right and that's like that's kind of what i do like i'll go out on the river and i'll fish a jerk bait and when i figure out the cadence they want i i'll you know set it down pick up my glide bait i 
I really rely on conventional more times than not to to kind of see how the fish are acting and and to figure out necessarily the cadence or you know just to see where they're at in the water column. Like if I'm not catching any fish right. on like a Nico rig or something, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll yo-yo a lipless or I'll go uh, rip around a jerk bait. And then once I establish, maybe not necessarily a pattern, but I see what they're kind of looking at, what they're going to do that day, then I'll go from there. And a lot of times it works, but there's sometimes where I just go out there and I just strictly, I just bring my, my uh, medium heavy Omega and I have my 168. And I'm like, well, I'm either going to catch them or I'm not because this is all, all the yep. shit I brought today. <laughs> yep. No, that's, yeah, that's, it's nice when you can, you know, it's nice when you can get out there with one or two rods and just do your thing, not have to have 10 rods scattered, <laughs> scattered around the deck trying to figure it out. Those are the good days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so kind of kind of getting back on track to to the Georgia fishing stuff, did you did you do a lot of, uh, I guess we'd call it blind exploring as far as like, okay, I'm going to hook the boat up, I'm going to drive two hours northeast, southwest, uh, and, and find a body of water and I'm just going to fish it? Or did you kind of uh, do some research and, and see maybe what looks good on a topography map or what looks maybe i guess we'll say like secluded on a map and go from there or did you just kind of blind fish a, a little bit of both i definitely i'm i'm definitely one that does my research i mean if i i'll pick places apart on a map and look you know i'll definitely try to give myself the best advantage i uh i'll do my research and you know, i'll get some ideas and do my research on it and you know if it, if i seem like it you know it's worth a shot i'll do it but I do cancel out a lot of stuff to where, you know, I I've heard or I've known, you know, I've just known from people that's done it, that it ain't worth it. Um, you know, I'll kind of go about it that way. Yeah. And when, when you are, uh, finding these lakes and you go fish them say, I mean, do you have to have a handful of trips to maybe not necessarily produce the, the big fish, but maybe even just skunk? How, how long does it take you to kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to fish that lake again. Like, does it take a couple trips or, you know, after two or three trips, you're like, okay, piss on that lake. I'm going to go fish this other lake, you know, a couple miles down the road. Um, well, I will say that since I've ran, you know, forward facing sonar, this active target, it has made things a lot, uh, not, I mean, yes, easier, quicker, time on the water is definitely, you know, more valuable with it because yeah, you're not yeah. just, you're cutting out a lot of dead water. And yeah, so, you know, yep. I could, it, it, it really helps you be able to figure out stuff of just a lot faster. I mean, people think, you know, they're going out there and just, you know, people with these lives go, you're just, you know, looking for fish, cast them on it and doing that. But honestly, yeah. it's a lot of, it's really, there's a lot more to it, man. It's, I use it. It's a lot of just looking for different structure, bottom, bottom, whether whatever the bottom looks like, stuff like that. I mean, seeing how these fish are moving, how they're reacting to bait, and stuff like that. It's it definitely is a tool that people, you know, people need to realize it's it's not just to you know look at a fish, cast on it, and that's it. It can help you in a lot of different ways and. A lot, I'm definitely, I, I cast probably 50% less than I ever used to before I had it, which is nice. A little bit easier on the, a little bit easier on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's what I've always thought. I mean, I don't, I don't have a boat, let alone a dog in the fight on the grass, but I've always thought, yes, it's gonna, 
it's going to help you catch more fish and see more fish. Maybe not necessarily even help you catch more, but it's, it's going to help you show more fish. But it's also, right. you're going to have to learn how to use it. You're not going out there and on your second trip, you're not going to have it down pat. Like, you're going to have to figure no. out the settings. You're going to have to figure out, like, what each, like, what a fish is and what maybe, like, a, a brush pile is or maybe a school of crappie or something. Like, there's a learning curve to it. Oh, and then there's once, a huge, once you yeah. master, once you master, figure it out, whatever you want to say, then you start to benefit from, from, like you said, picking apart that dead water. You're not, the time you waste on learning the unit, you're going to cut out on fishing dead water. I've, I, that's, that's just how exactly. I see it. Like it's, it's very beneficial to you, especially if I guess you're, uh, I'm going to use the word, uh, weekend, weekend warrior loosely, because obviously not a lot of us get to fish for a living or do anything like that, but it's gonna right. it's gonna make it make your time on the water. I feel like, I guess like quote unquote more enjoyable unless you're seeing fish and you can't oh, yeah. catch them. Then that's quite the opposite. But it's gonna like it's gonna make your time out there a little bit more productive as far as like fishing the dead water, like you said. Yeah, I mean it's it really is. I I go out there sometimes and I'll just rip up and down the bank. Really not you know not live scoping or whatever, but you know just power fishing up and down the bank and. I'm, I'm glancing on my graph, looking for rocks, this and that. And I'm just realizing like t- so much of this water that I would have been fishing before I had this is literally dead water. There's nothing here. And it's like before I would have wasted, you know, an hour on this stretch or something. And it's like, there's, there's just nothing, you know, there's nothing there. So it's, yeah, it's been a game changer. It's definitely a learning curve. It I've had active target since it first I mean, I think the first week it came out, I ordered it and I've had it on my boat for a couple of years now. And it, I'd say this last year, um, 2022, I, I, it was where I've actually noticed like, okay, yeah, like I got this really dialed in. I, you know, there very rarely is a trip where I'm skunking. I, it's, you can find fish you just got to get them to eat, but there's definitely a learning curve because a lot of the time you're looking at, you're thinking you're looking at a big old bass. <laughs> you're not you're and it's a car a or you know <laughs> something else yeah yeah but yeah. now you know once you get it figured out you really you fit you figure out how certain species set up and you know how how they relate to different structures how they stack up in the water column and you you could you could decipher i mean now i mean i could you know i i pass up these you know three four pounders and just really look for the bigger ones and cast on those specific fish yeah and I think the what leads to the stigma behind uh, forward-facing sonar being the the quote-unquote cheat code that uh, I'd say a good amount of people say is because they watch these YouTubers, they watch these pros, you know, staring down at their screen like just just video game fishing. And yep, where that's true in the pros, like a lot of these guys fishing drop shots or jigs or, or yeah. stuff like that, where you're like where you're watching these fish commit. I feel like you see a lot of power angler guys. Like you'll watch them, like look down at the screen. Then you'll watch them, like look at their rod tip, work it for five, six seconds, look back down at the screen. Whereas, like I said, those finesse guys, like Takuyu, yeah. is, is like yeah. literally just fucking looking down at his screen. Like there's there's a difference, yeah. and it's it hard is. because because people see the pros and like I said, the YouTubers doing it and seeing like instant success. And that's because like Milliken's talked about it before. He's like, I think if you buy his YouTube subscription, he has a video on how to like kind of break down your forward-facing sonar as far as like setting wise and he talks about he's like yeah this took me like three or four weeks to figure out 
He's like, it didn't just, yep. it didn't just happen. Like that's not a thing. Like it could happen obviously if you get lucky, but it's a learning curve and you have to figure out how to make your tools work for you. And people it's don't think it's a huge that. learning curve. No, I, and I will be honest the first, I'd say the first probably six months, half a year that I had mine, it hurt me worse. I mean, it, it hurt me more than it helped me. I yeah. spent more time staring at the screen, trying to think I'm casting on fish that probably weren't, you know, gonna eat or even weren't even bass. And, uh, I, definitely noticed the time there where I was getting more frustrated with myself coming back, you know, with a little bit less fish than I normally, you know, would even without it, because I was so focused on that screen. And at the end of the day, I would just kick myself in the ass. Like I'm literally staring at this screen, barely catch yeah. anything as to before. Like, you know, I would just get up shallow and go crazy and just, you know, shallow water beat down and actually catch some fish. But then now, you know, you're just trying to stare at these fish, force feed a fish for, you know, an hour that just, it ain't going to eat. If you, if you cast on that fish once, maybe twice, and you don't get it to at least turn around on your bait, it ain't going to eat. And people don't, people don't realize that. I mean, it, it takes a lot of finesse in these fish and pissing these fish off to get them to eat. Yeah. And, and when people, like when you have both sprayer, sprayer posting videos and stuff like I mean, even like the tournament stuff, like I said, you watch, you watch the highlights of it. You don't watch them out there for three hours working over nope. fishing. Like you see, yep. you see the cream, of the crop, you know, the, the happy moment of the day. You don't see these guys busting their ass, like, you know, casting for three hours at a, a school, a pot of fish. And they're like, oh, exactly. these fish aren't eating or these, like you said, like, they're, oh my gosh, I just fished this sucker for an hour and a half. And, you know, I snagged it on accident yeah. and I realized it was a sucker. Like that was a total waste of time. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it is. It's, it is. It, uh, and yeah, a lot of people, you know, they're, I see a lot of these people really hating on it. And I, I mean, I, I don't say I get it to an extent, but I just wish, you know, some of these guys would really be a little bit more open-minded and stop taking it so literal. It's not, you know, just take what it is. It's a tool. It's a tool stuff. You know, there's going to, technology is going to advance forever. You can't get around it. People ain't going to band it from the tournament trail as much as some people want. It's just something, you know, it's a tool and you got to learn to utilize it the right way and not depend on it. You know what I mean? That yeah. That's what some guys are, they're depending on it more than, you know, using it as a tool. I think, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the show, I think it was on some random Facebook person's post. They were talking about like, it should be illegal. And I made the yeah. point, I was like, I was like, okay, it's, it's super, super scary that, 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 oh my gosh, this is such a advanced technology for the world of fishing. And I'm like, look back. Okay. My dates are obviously going to be really wrong. Cause I'm not that old, but look back and like, night in the 90s i'm like everybody's using fax machines and the, and the internet comes around and they're like yeah. you can instantly message each other via email and everybody's like, oh my gosh that's never gonna work that's like why would i ever stop using my trusty fax machine that takes three minutes to fax you know a 10-page paper to somebody in new york when i <laughs> right that that is so right. silly that's never gonna work like that that that's nonsense and i'm like okay you know technology technology always finds a win, way to win always. in the end like, I mean, yep. look at, look at like, uh, the Blackberry phones and then look at fucking what we have now. iPhones like that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just how it works, dude. And like, it's there's how it's going to be. It's how like yep. the Western culture is like technology always fucking wins, whether you want it to or not. Like that's just, it, look at the AI stuff going on now. Like all of the, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Papers. I know. Like you're not going to be able to stop it. You're just going to have to accept it. 
you're going to have to yep. maybe make some make some ways around it but you're not going to shut it out completely that's just that's just how it is <laughs> yeah exactly no it is and uh i mean i you got to think man that's fort based and sonar in the last few years it's it's showed a lot of people it's just it showed a lot of people some fish that you know a lot of people ain't seen in a long time which i think yeah. i think is awesome man i think it's awesome seeing a lot you know a lot more freaking giant fish coming out of you know these places like ivy with josh and Milliken and all these guys you know and it, it, it's because of forward facing sonar so i mean i think i think it's a good thing um you know it's just another tool another tool to catch big bass and i like catching big bass so yeah and i think it's like it's that jealousy factor too like you're gonna have that people oh, are gonna be is. jealous that you have the iphone 14 when they have the iphone yeah. xr that they maybe not yeah. necessarily can't afford it or whatever that's just that's how that's how the world is. Like, I'm sorry, it but is. that's just, it's just how it is. Ninety nine percent of them, if you threw them a boat with live scope, they would be out there with their head down, just like everybody else. Exactly. That's just, I, oh my god, I don't know. It just pisses me off when yeah. I do see people like you said, like, oh, this should be banned in all tournaments. And and now uh, I'm like ninety percent sure that it actually is banned in musky tournaments. These guys won like three tournaments in a row with live yeah. target. Yeah. And these and people they got it. like yeah. absolutely pissed about it. And it's like yeah. they're using like a tool in the book. Like uh there's there's an old fly fishing story. There was like a big fly fishing tournament or whatever, and this guy was my fly fishing history is is not up to par, but like he's using like a nymph or something, like a Euro nymph, and he's yeah. catching all these fish and at, at that point in time, the tournament made it illegal to use this fly because it was quote unquote catching too many fish. It's like, dude, Jeez, I don't know. It's yeah. Back to the technology thing. Like, it's crazy. Yep. No, I think you just got to let it go. I mean, you know, obviously, if it gets to a point as far as like in the pro tours and stuff where, you know, some technology comes out that is, it, I mean, I don't know what, what else it couldn't do. You know, you can't catch you the fish, but. You know, there's going to be something else that's going to be more advanced than live sonar. And I don't know. I, I guess we're going to see see how that happens when it gets there. But I like the forward-facing sonar so far. I got Active Target 2 on the way. We're going to hook that up and uh, see how much better that one is. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. The only, like, it's so weird. I, I think about this all the time. Like, you sit back and you look at, at technology as a whole and you think, like, what the hell are they going to do next? Like you look at VR and you're like, what the hell is yeah. the next, like, next step? And the only thing I can think of at the time of this recording of the podcast, February, 2023 is like 360. So it'd be forward facing sonar, but like on the 360, oh, 360. that's the only thing that, I can think of. Exactly. Yep. That's like, that's been the one thing that's been on my mind for, you know, the last like years. So I was like that, whoever really dials in, a 360 live sonar that's going to be game changer because that that right there will be cool man i'd I'd definitely jump on that that would be cool and like definitely yeah i mean look back what we'll say 30 years ago when every bass boat came with uh with an old flasher and just fish underneath you it's like yeah i mean shit i don't even know what would have been the next thing side imaging no it probably just been like down facing so no, it, it was yeah it was i remember i mean look my dad bought i think my dad got his new ranger in 04 and it came with the flasher and the dash and then we upgraded the electronics and at the time i mean it was uh i think it was a little five inch florent 
I forgot what it is. I mean, it was literally just the map and it had 2D sonar and that was it. That was absolutely yeah, it. And I mean, hey, we did, you could really, if you really know how to utilize those flashers and stuff like that, you, you can do some work with it. Yeah. And like, that's, that's like what, uh, I, well, not now, but that was like the big thing for the last 20 years in ice fishing like that. If you had a fish finder, yes. it was a flasher. And now, yep. now they have the, the, the down facing sonar, obviously like the forward facing stuff, but it's yeah. just down. I got live cameras down there, forward yeah, facing yeah. sonar. That's and that's it's like, it just, I mean, going back to it, I've been pretty repetitive for the last probably 10 or 15 minutes. Technology always, yeah. especially oh, now. It will. Like yep. until, until people, uh, Joe Rogan has talked about this in a couple shows. Like until people stop supporting the newest thing, there's just going to be right. more advances in everything. Like look at, like he talks about like the iPhone 13 versus the iPhone 14. He's like, there's not a fucking difference. <laughs> He's like, no. they, they maybe they put maybe a little bit better camera on the back and, and maybe they change the colors a little bit. He's like, it's the same fucking thing. He's like, until they yep. make a breakthrough, it's going to be the same thing. They're just going to keep stretching it out. And, <laughs> Like like we yep, said, I, exactly. I honestly think the next thing is going to be the 360 like live target, whatever you want to call it. I feel like that that is going to be yeah. the next game changer thing. That's the only thing like my little baby peanut brain can comprehend would be the next. No, nah, no, I'm with you, man. That's that's the only thing I can come up with as well. That is it. I don't I don't see what else they. I know that. I think it's already a thing they're talking about with, uh, I think with this new actor target too, but you got to have the HDS pro new units, but they're talking the live sonar will overlay onto your maps. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So whatever you can go scan through, you know, a cove or something and whatever you're seeing on your live sonar will overlay onto your charts, which would, you know, oh, which would be pretty, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you can get a lot of scanning. You'd have to be doing a lot of a lot of scanning yeah, a lot to of, really get it to make sense. But I think I mean, it's be, definitely yeah. It'd be nice if you were breaking in a big mode and just putzing around the whole lake, scanning yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, yeah, while we're while we're on the topic, who do you think is gonna, I guess, bring forward the the new new advancement in electronics? What what brand or company do you think is is gonna lead the way for that? Ah. Uh, with for with live sonar, I think that Garmin is gonna keep its foot ahead of the game. Just you know, they were they were the original ones with the Panama pigs, and then you know they had the LVS thirty two, and then Active Target one came out, and then the LVS thirty four, and then you know Active Target two. So I think I think it's gonna stay in that order. I think Garmin's already ahead of the you know ahead of the game as far as, as, far as their advancements with their stuff. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I, now comparing Garmin forward facing sonar to the active target, I know that's a huge debate with a lot of people. And I, I mean, I guess mine's really simple. I think active target has a little bit better forward facing. You know, just the forward mode. Um, yeah, but with active target, the scout mode is really not that great and i that's one thing i wish they would you know improve on i'm hoping with this active target too they did but i heard it's still not on par with the new lvs 34 garmin which is kind of disappointing because that uh 
that'd be really that that LS that LVS thirty four uh, perspective mode is pretty awesome. Is the perspective mode where it's kind of angled back backwards from you and then like out one hundred and twenty feet or what? What's that mode? So the so on Lawrence's scout on Garmin's perspective, it's pretty much that wide. I think it's one hundred and eighty degree beam. It's okay. that yeah. you know for shallow water, a big wide beam to where forward is just you know 100 feet out straight forward you with a little you know with a small beam you just yeah. got that little you know yeah that little angle to get the fish in but i don't know i mean yeah we'll see there oh, there's got they're cooking up something i'm sure already i'm sure you they know, are i just saw recently and uh, i know this is quickly becoming uh, an electronic podcast but i just saw <laughs> recently uh the thing that that it's always made sense to me. Like I've only fished with uh, the Garmin a little bit, but whereas like you got to fucking follow your trolling motor. If you're on spot lock, like that fucking doesn't make any sense. The it's like the little yep. attachment that keeps your, uh, your transducer facing straight on the bow of the boat. Right. And I, I just saw that recently. I don't know. It, it could have obviously been a thing. I don't keep my eye out on that stuff, but I'm surprised how long it took them to come out with that like i said it could have fucking came out when active target and live scope came out i don't know but i just i just saw it recently and i thought i was like wow like i felt like that was something that they would have capitalized early on because i've always thought it'd been a pain like casting directly where your trolling motor is and stuff the couple times i use it i'm like this is kind of a pain in the ass if you want to like stay right. anchored in the area if you don't have power poles or whatever i just I'm like huh that's weird yeah, it, you're talking about just like the pole or whatever they have the pole yeah the it like yeah. yeah they i i uh i actually that i bought the right height turret when it first came out it was it's a thing that mounts onto your trolling motor where your live you know your transducer mounts onto that where you could use your trolling motor separately and then there's a separate pedal to move that oh, uh, okay. to move to move your live sonar transducer yeah. and I had it for a week and then took it off got rid of it i honestly personally couldn't stand it it was just it was too much, you know what I mean? I have one yeah. foot controlling the trolling motor and then another foot over here trying to control that pole. And around. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it works good for when you are it works good in certain situations. If you're offshore, you're on a school and you want to stay in one spot, you know, nose to the wind and just scan and scan, that's awesome. And I would love it, but I need that option to hunt with the trolling motor as well. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it gets too hard when I'm power fishing. I want to hunt with that trolling motor and that live sonar, you know, you're, I like to use just that one pedal, that, the one pedal so I could stay on the move, chasing these fish and pointing it. And, uh, that's really how I do it. I don't think I could ever go back to that pole. It was <laughs> too much going on for me right there. Heck yeah, man. I mean, it does make sense. Like when you add, too many fucking moving parts like literally moving parts it's like yeah. you can't fucking control everything you can't make sure that you're you're where you want yeah. to be position wise and you're like oh shit my my uh my transducers 90 degrees the wrong direction like let me dick with that <laughs> yep you just got you got a line you got to set yourself up right in the wind to where you can kind of just drift and uh you know hit the trolling motor when you need to here and there to get your direction right and just you know Fan around for them fish. That's really, that's really, that's, a, that's pretty much what you do on Ivy, man. On, on OH Ivy, you just sit out there in the middle, let the wind take you, and just span everywhere, looking for looking for anything you can. Right. Uh, kind of 
getting back into the fishing segment and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the non, maybe not less controversial thing here. Uh, before you moved to Georgia, had you ever watched Southern Trout Eaters? Um. Yeah, yes, I did one time. One time I did, yep. Got me, so, it was actually right when I was, I found out I was moving to Georgia, so I kind of, that whole research started. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And so did you see the potential in Georgia and in these uh, high mountain lakes and stuff? And we are like, holy shit. Or, I mean, when was Southern Trout Eaters recorded? Like 20, 2004, maybe 2006? I want to say it was 2009 and 2010. Okay. So, yeah. So it was from, yes, 2009, 2010. Yeah. So when you watched it, did you maybe not necessarily expect, but did you have an idea that that's how the fishing was going to be? Or did you think Georgia was maybe on the same wave, like wavelength as California and then it kind of gotten blown out there? Or did you um, think like, have... it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel from what this video looks like? So, I mean, the video definitely got me, you know, it got me hyped up. I was like, you know, I really thought, you know, there might be at least somewhat of that potential left. Um, and yep. I, I was pretty disappointed when I, when I, you know, got up there and fished all these places. Now they're, it's, it's just definitely not like it, you know, like it was, it doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, 2009, 2010 really wasn't that long ago, but that Southern Trout Eaters, that, that, that movie definitely put a lot of pressure on all those lakes with big baits in particular. And yeah, uh, it, it's just not what it was. I mean, like Lake Burton, for instance, is a pretty, you know, famous one. Most everybody's heard of Lake Burton. It's where they filmed a lot of that Southern Trout Eaters. And, man, that place is hard. And there is a tough fishery. And, you know, in that video, you see those guys just ripping up and down the banks, swinging on big ones, like a lot of them. And yeah. every every time I go up there, I mean, it's it's a couple fish, one fish day, two fish day, and six pounds max i mean and that's very hard to come by um a lot of the i mean i i think burton is probably one of the places i've been skunked the most with strictly big baits mm -hmm. it is a tough place and uh i think i mean there, there's a few more places up there and that they're still good fishers you can go up there and catch fish but it's just you're not getting that bigger class you know eight nine ten plus pound fish i mean i yeah. can go up there and you can catch tons of you know, five to seven pounders. I wouldn't say tons like on Burton, but there is places up there that that you still can, but it's just that 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 next class of fish, the ones that I'm really after. Like I I'm ready, you know, I'm ready for some real big fish. And yeah. it's uh a lot of we gotta drive. You gotta drive and Georgia just doesn't I don't know, doesn't really have a it has potential, but it doesn't really have a lot of places you can go and have an honest shot at a double digit. Right. And so obviously, like, like we said, it'd been 10, 10, 11 years since the timeline between Southern trout eaters coming out or being filmed right. and you moving to Georgia. If you, uh, if it had came out, like say it came out last week and, and you had watched it, do you have a good idea on where you could pick those lakes up and be like, oh, this is XYZ Lake and that's ABC Lake? Or did they yes. do a job of kind of not necessarily hiding it, but keeping it low key as far as like showing backgrounds and stuff? No, it's pretty, uh, I, at least for like Burton, um, 
Burn, I'm pretty dang familiar with. So that one, I can, I definitely point out a lot of the places in Southern Trout Eaters where, you know, what I've seen. And I've, I've fished the hell out of all of them. All the spots I've seen on there, I've fished. Um, and, uh, but I think the other lakes they filmed were like Joe Cassie. I haven't spent much time on Joe Cassie. I know that's, uh, Jason Carroll's stomping ground. So I'm sure he, you know, he, uh, puts in a lot more time up there. I've been up there one time, so I'm not sure how, you know, how that lake really is setting up right now. There is a few good lakes though, right up here on the border, um, in the Appalachian mountains that I have been trying to keep under wraps. There's one in particular, that doesn't get very much pressure at all. And uh, uh, there's some good potential in this place. This is where I want to say the state record. Well, it's, it's the lake below where the state record uh, smallmouth is caught. So it's, and it has big smallmouth and big large mouth in it. So it's a pretty good spot. That's where I usually try to drive up to. And it's about two and a half hours. Um, it's, it's definitely far, but. I'm trying to do whatever this year. I'm I'm going after him hard this year, no matter what it takes. I got I got some trips planned. Uh, as soon as I get released from the, the gives the okay from the doctor, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead into Texas uh, in the beginning of March. Gonna take another Ivy trip out there for a week or two, and then um, yeah. So I'm gonna try to try to travel a lot more this year. I'm definitely blessed in the sense that I have a lot of time to be able to do this with, you know, my business kind of runs itself for the most part. So I get more free time than most, which is uh, definitely, definitely a blessing in that sense. Yeah. And, and touch, I want to touch on that here in a second, but I want to, what was it going to be? It was going to be about Southern trout eaters. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, have you, I mean, it like like we did say, it is an older movie, so maybe the hype, uh, especially kind of like what you said, there are harder lakes to fish now. The hype has kind of died down a little bit. Do you see guys out there ever tossing huds trying to replicate what was in that movie, or is it still is it kind of to the wind washed away? Guys don't really dick around with that stuff anymore out there. Uh, a few do. There's there's a few. You know, I'm sure you got your couple locals up there. I'm not really you know familiar with you know them too much um there's a few guys throwing them but it's not it is not like it used you know like it used to be as as far as what i've heard um i i don't really ever see anybody throwing big baits whenever i go to any of these places not saying that they aren't but i don't see yeah and i mean i don't whenever i'm out there i'm throwing on them i don't know you know usually i'm getting the weird looks from people so it's still i don't know i think it's kind of a lot of those places up there, they're just, they're not getting a ton of pressure. Like, I don't think at the moment, a lot yeah. of, you know, conventional guys, too. but yeah, I think, I think that whole hype from that Southern Trotter thing has kind of died down. I think it was, it was pretty heavy for a while though. I really think it's the spotted bass that are really just ruining all these places. <laughs> that's just my, that's my theories. It seems to be the case on every damn lake I'm trying to you know trying to fish heavy so yeah is there any regulations in place to kind of kind of try to naturally cut back on the spotted bass population like have they lowered the size limit and maybe raised the uh the possession limit or anything or i get i guess what i'm trying to get at is what is georgia we'll say state and wildlife because they're state water wildlife because i don't know dnr i guess are yeah. they trying to do anything to 
kind of combat this overpopulation of super aggressive fish or are they just kind of putting two two sheets to the wind and maybe not necessarily thinking it's a big problem or caring right now i don't think they're even even thinking twice about it man i don't think they care um i know that like lake lanier for instance they're that place you know i I, i'm good with that place the way it hit that place it's a fun lake you can go out and catch a lot of spotted bass and you could find big, you know, largemouth. I, I've caught some good largemouth out there, you know, far and few in between, but I've had my fair share, you know, five, six, one, seven pounder out there, which is big, which is big for out there. Um, and, uh, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're doing nothing to come about these, how these spotted bass. I think at least on these big, these big lakes, they don't care. They're really focused on most of these damn uh, little peta, peta fish lakes that they got all over this place these electric only they electric only lakes or whatever they call them they are there are a ton of those out here and that's really where most of dn the dnr's their efforts go is uh little electric only you know mud puddles that yeah you know are getting everybody else and their brother fishing so and those are the places where you know they're they're making these money guys yeah and a lot of these swim bait guys out in georgia they're I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I, there's a couple where they allow my boat on there with a big motor, but I just can't run the motor. And I'll go out there and I'll have fun and I'll catch, you know, some big fish and stuff. But it's just, it is, yeah, it's boring. It's fun when you're catching, you know, big fish and that's all fun. But yeah. you just run out of shoreline in a quarter of a day and it's, you know, you're staying in one spot and it, it just, it kind of gets boring. You kind of, you start to feel like, you know, am I even challenging myself? Like, I'm coming out here and getting 30 pound bags almost every trip I come out here. So it kind of gets to the point where it's like, man, I just, I wish we truly had some big, big water to where I can, you know, spend the entire year out here really breaking a place down. Yeah. And, and catching, catching a big fish as a reward. Yeah. For yes, exactly. And, and it is, it, it is. I mean, a big fish on a big lake is definitely more rewarding than, you know, these big fish on these little mud puddles that are docked very heavily, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I hope, I hope someday, uh, someday I get near some bigger bass waters. I know me and the wife, we throw it back and forth all the time about moving to Texas, which is definitely, you know, still something that is a possibility here in the next few years. It's not for sure, but we're definitely considering right. it. The business kind of allows us to, you know, do whatever we want as far as be, you know, operate where, wherever yeah, we yeah. operate. Yeah. We operate nationwide. So I can kind of base wherever. Hell yeah, dude. Um, shit. Oh, the, the last question. Uh, well, I guess we'll go with the first one. Are those, those Southern trout eater lakes, are those, uh, naturally reoccurring, trout spawning lakes or are they dumping trout into there like they do in california so SoCal, i should say a little bit of both they definitely they they stock trout up there all over um burton actually has a hatchery right on the shores right there Shit. um right on the lake yeah so yeah they they stock them in there and then you you have a lot of natural a lot of natural trout coming down the creeks and the streams right. and all those rivers so yeah they they definitely doing their thing with trout up there yeah, I just, I just, I don't know where, man, I don't know. I, 
I don't know if it's just because, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time up there, but not as much as, you know, a local that can be out there every day. And, you know, I'm more like, a you know, two days a week, I'll drive that distance. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And then the next question was, uh, we, we kind of, this is a little bit, of, a little bit ago about uh, Georgia <laughs> kind of conserving the, the water as far as like keeping all the, the spots and striper and wiper and stuff in check. Has California, does California kind of do the same thing as Georgia where maybe they don't care as much their efforts go towards, towards like the, the, the more common angler, whereas guy like tournament fishermen and stuff who, who are fighting off all these spots, has California done much to combat that? Or is it just kind of two sheets to the wind too, as, as like Georgia has been? Yeah, California's even. I, I don't I don't think California is willing to spend a cent on um making any of those fisheries any better. Honestly, I think it's I think a lot of those guys out there has kind of given up hope on them doing anything about any of it and even yep. like, the trout stockings and stuff like they used to get in SoCal and it's just not like you know, it's and it's it's sad. It's it sucks because that was just that was a big thing out there, man. I, California has a lot of potential and they just kind of cut it off and, you know, now they're getting the effects of it. Right. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And now going back to funneling back to the, to the topic that we touched on a little while ago, that we'd get to. Um, so you, <laughs> you touched on you being able to kind of work remotely or the, the business running itself and how that allows you to travel a little bit more. And so like, I, I thought you had, maybe not necessarily grown up in Georgia, but had lived in Georgia for a long amount of time. And a couple months ago that you took a trip out to California, but now obviously since we've talked the last hour and a half, I've learned that you lived out there. So you got to go back out there and fish. Was it, I mean, was it just like old times or did you kind of have to spend a day getting your, getting your gears in place and, and figuring out how the fish, what the fish were doing, or did you just go out there and you're like, Oh shit, I know exactly how I'm going to catch these fish. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think, I kind of, that lake is kind of just I know that lake pretty dang good and I I mean I think that first day out there I think was my best day out there so I yeah it's, I pretty much got those lakes I want to say those lakes but at least that specific one um I I pretty I have a good idea what those fish are doing pretty much year round so it it was nice yeah it was nice to, be able to go out there and jump on them Shasta now if I went out to Shasta that'd be a little bit different just because yeah. those fish are just, it's, those fish are all over and it's, you know, not the concentration of fish I'm really looking for. So you got to look a lot harder. Now, this place where I'm, you know, where I did, you know, really good when I was out there and I spent all my time, it's yep. just a bigger population of bigger, you know, bigger spotted bass. So yeah, yeah it was, it's got to find them and get on them. And it was, it wasn't that bad. It, they were right where I thought they'd be. <laughs> right and i mean you were catching them on like wade hogs and stuff weren't you uh, yeah that was it wade three and i just wake bait out there and very slow they were uh they were eating bluegill they were just going up on these bluegill it was it was it was fun it it was just different out there every day i mean not different but it's just as how they wanted it i mean some days you throw it out yeah. there so yeah as soon as you as soon as that bait would hit the water you'd see just darts shooting up from the bottom you know they'll come up there swipe at it swipe at it, and eventually you know one would just maul it but sometimes you know i'd throw it out there and i'd 
be watching them on, you know, active target for, you know, five minutes watching these fish just inches below the surface, below that bait, just staring at it, just staring at it. And you literally just have to the smallest little twitches. And if you did it too hard and made that, made that, uh, that resin, you know, make some sound and clank together, it'd be gone, gone, it's gone. Yeah. So you had to, you had to work that bait silently, which was, you know, wasn't easy, but is yeah. if you can get that thing out there and kind of let, you know, the, the surface, you know, do the, you know, cause the action of the bait. And, uh, they, yeah, they were all over it. It was definitely a weird bite. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun. I took, I took a couple of buddies out there that, you know, throw swim baits and got, got, they got on a few big ones too. I think, Pat, he got, I want to say a six something out there that day. So yeah, there's some big ones out there. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. And kind of, obviously you hadn't, you haven't been removed from California for, for too long, a couple of years. Did it like deep down, did it make you miss California or are you glad you, you kind of, I guess we'll say spread your wings and and move to Georgia and kind of experience something new or you're like, damn, like. I, I wish I could still, I wish I still lived here and was able to do this like every single day if I wanted to, or is it, is it a nice change of pace to, to move somewhere and have a completely different, different experience with, with like the same species of fish? Yeah, it's kind of both ways, man. I, I will always miss it. Just, you know, just it being where I was born and raised and, and some of these lakes, I mean, there's a lot of memories on that space. I miss them every time I go, but it's definitely, yeah. I'm good with, you know, just the visiting aspect. I mean, we go out there, we go out there three, four times a year. So I, I get my dose of it. Um, it's just where I was at up in Northern California. I mean, I got, you know, I got those lakes right there and then an hour and a half down to Clear Lake, which isn't bad and stuff. But other than that, you know, that you're pretty limited to those waters. And, and once I, and a big part of it, you know, coming out to Georgia, I, I, wanted to run a business that was actually going to be able to be, you know, successful. And in California, it's just a lot harder to do that. So I'm glad, you know, we came out, I got myself in a position where I have, you know, I, I can fish seven days a week if I wanted to, you know, and so now I could spend that time traveling, you know, to a lot of good lakes to where like in California, you got to travel. I mean, 20 hours just to get out of California to some yeah. good, you know, some good fisheries. California's big and where I was at, you had to do a, you know, you had to do a lot of traveling to get to something worth a while. Yeah, dude. And so before we kind of leave, leave the, the part, like the subject where you can kind of travel yeah. and, and fish where you want, how many times have you tackled the IV and what, what have the results been like for you? Cause that's another thing. I mean, going back to the electronics thing is, yeah. is like, Oh, Oh, HIV is a cheat code. You can go out there and I could, I could no. seven, 10 pounders a trip. And I've heard a lot of horror oh, stories. Boy. Like hear you, you elaborate on what your experiences have been. Yeah, no. So I've, uh, I've actually only hit IV once. I hit it for a week straight, um, on my way. I made, so my wife and kid, they flew out to the West coast, spent some time out there. And I decided to hook the boat up and spend two weeks traveling across country fishing and meeting them out there. So I went straight to Texas, fished a couple lakes, uh, fished a couple lakes right around Dallas area, and then shot down to Ivy for a week. And uh, 
Ivy was tough when I was there. I was there a little bit early. Um, nobody was really catching much. None of the guides. I'm pretty good friends with Brandon Burks. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a guide out there. So I was I'm talking familiar. to him lead, leading up to it and stuff. He was telling me, it was, you know, it was tough. There's a couple people catching, you know, one here and there. But when I got down there, it was, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it was tough as far as big fish. Now, I caught, you know, I caught, I don't even know, I tons and tons of fish. It's, you know, not big, you know, nothing over five, six pounds. Uh, I was, you know, I caught, a, I was doubling up two fish on a jerk bait. Like they were eating, but it was just, uh, it was just the little ones. Now that place, if they're, if you want to go fish, if it's not, you know, spawn and you're fishing, you're fishing shallow power fishing, you're going to catch a bunch of, you know, that those smaller fish, those really, really big, big fish, they are offshore. And they're deep, usually deeper, you know, and that's, you got to strictly go out there and target those ones. And I think when I was there, those fish weren't set up yet out deep. And if they were there, they were very hard to find. And I mean, I came across and me and Brandon, we worked on one for a while that was probably 13, maybe 20, maybe a little bit less. We're not, we didn't see when we saw it on live scope and we're comparing it, you know, to other fish he's caught and stuff. So he, he thought it was a, you know, around that range and we worked on that one for a while and they just, they just weren't ready. They were not ready. So we, you know, we went shallow. He, he's a guide. We, I just went out with him a couple of days after he had his trips, you know, mess around. Yeah. But when I was, then I, when I was out there by myself, I, you know, I went beat the banks. I tried everything and caught fish, caught, but just, you know, nothing of size. So I, uh, got out of there, went to California, but now, now that it's time and those big fish are out there, you know, they're, they're eating. I mean, I'm going to go out there and hopefully, you know, do a little bit better this time. I don't care if I got to spend two weeks out there. I'm, I'm going hard. I'm going to, I haven't fished for about a month and yeah, about a month right now. So I'm ready to get out there and really spend some time. And then after that, of course, we got fork for the universe gathering. I'm going to go out there a little yeah. early for that and spend a few weeks in Texas fishing then. So I got some pretty, pretty big trips planned. I'm I'm freaking super excited for Fork. Uh, probably oh, yeah. I might not be able to fish like Sunday, but I'm just I'm just super excited. I I've been to Texas a couple times, but I've been to, like Corpus Christi and like Austin mm -hmm. and uh, DFW and stuff. But I've like I've never gotten to to see like Texas fishing. I guess is what I would say. And like I said, I don't even care yeah. if I don't get fish. I just want to see the lake. I just want to see like what it's all about. I'm just I'm so excited to be down there. It's gonna be so yeah, sick. Yeah. If you want to get out, dude, holler. I'll get you out there. I'll have the rig out there. So I'll be fishing every second I get. So if you want to go, I mean, I'll get you out there. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so kind of just funneling our way into to the end of the episode, what are, we'll just say handful of baits. What are the handful of baits that usually when you go out are tied on and you kind of have in the back of your head, like, I'm going to fish this to figure out the bite or because I know this is what they're going to be kind of targeting on for this, this time period. So I, I always, I'm a big glide bait guy. I mean, if I can, if I can catch them with a glide, that's what I'm going to fish. Um, I really like the bull shad line his, his HD glides. Once you get those things tuned, right. They're phenomenal baits. Um, he's got, Mike's got a lot of protos that he just doesn't have out there that are just some amazing baits that uh, I hope, you know, one day that 
he's able to get out to the public because there are there's some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipe from Bullshad. I don't know how long, no timelines, but just definitely people need to keep their eyes peeled for those because there's some cool stuff. Um, other than that, I really I like you know I I pre- I keep it pretty simple. Bullshad, the BGC stuff, Toxic. Those are my, you know, my three main. I really, uh, I don't have a ton of experience with the pigs. I, ha- I have a few baits. I got the, the runts, the deep and the regular, the beast wake, and then the carps. And I really do like the runts and the, and the carp glides out of those ones. I do, do have some pretty good success with those. But besides that, I keep it, you know, I keep it pretty simple with the bull shad, the BGC glides, and then the talk six for like crank downs and wakes. Yeah, uh, with the with the HD lineup, are you fishing the uh, the Shad Glide quite a bit? I'd imagine. Yes, yeah, the Shad Glide a lot, a lot. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a good bait, man. It, uh, some people they get them and they try to tune them themselves. I think at first, and it throws them out of whack. And then uh, you know, I get a, I get a few people always messaging me like they can't get it to tune right, and it's just you know. You just got, I guess, know how to tune and glide because once you get those things tuned, they they swim. They swim amazing. But another, I think, one of my favorite swimming glides out the pack is definitely going to be PGC. His glides just are something else. I mean, especially his new slim slim gill. I had the, uh, I actually was fortunate enough to be able to get my hands on one of those slim gills from him to test for a while and. I love this bait. I mean, it's it's an incredible little gill glide, and I I think he just said he's uh, opening he just, up the pre order on those. Yeah, yeah. Say, he just posted them. I want to say yesterday. I want to say like publicly yeah, posted I think, page. Right. Yep. I think the eighteenth. He said March eighteenth. Thing. He's open up pre order on them. But there, yeah, definitely, guys, need to get those hands, get their hands on them. They're cool little baits, and I haven't had experience with the um, the deep diver ones and stuff yet, but that's what I'm I'm after next. So they they look like they're gonna be pretty cool. The glide is awesome. Yeah, dude. Um did you fish the the bowl gill a lot before it was public? Did you fish that bait quite a bit? Or test that that, that, that H D gill? Uh are you talking are, yeah, the, the, the gill, gill glide. The, yeah, the gill glide, like the OG one. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I have it. Yep. I love that bait. I those baits have uh, there. I had that's one I haven't spent a ton of time with it. I love the way it swims. I haven't actually had. I've, I've caught a couple of fish and nothing, you know, worthwhile. But it definitely it's a. I, I like the way that one swims as well. Yeah. Another 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 glide that I think is pretty slept on. I'm not going to say slept on, but Caesars uh, that 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 glide that uh, he, he came out I with. Think- yeah, that juke glide. It's so it it's just a good glide if you want something to keep over cover for a you know a longer period of time. I mean, you can throw that thing on top of a laydown and sit there and just you know give it a little rod pops, and it'll stay like in a little box, like a little square box. You know what I mean? It'll just yeah. sit there and back like and forth. Dog and yeah, exactly, and you can keep it over a structure for so long. And uh, I really do, I really do like that bait as well. It's it's been awesome. Um, Caesar post, I'm trying to find the video of what bait it was exactly. He posted like a, like a muskrat or maybe it was like a different oh, version yeah. of a monk. And like, that he got it to like, 
Yeah, he got it to like glide in place, dude. dude I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. that thing is badass. It is gonna be killer. Yep, yep. I like I like Caesar lately. He's been. I think he's starting to bust out some new stuff that he's been. You know, he's kind of kept under wraps for a while. I uh, I'm excited to see. You know, see what else he he has coming down. I stopped by there on my way out to Cali and. Yeah, you know, he showed me a few things that he's that's gonna be coming down five from toxic and uh, it's pretty cool stuff, man. He's got he's got some cool stuff going on over there. Hell yeah, dude. That's uh that's so sick. Like <clears throat> um that's like a thing that the guys bitch about is everybody's making the same stuff. But it, yeah, like, well people have to realize like it takes time to to make sure this 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 new shit is going to be like the next thing. Like you're not going to, exactly. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, you all see it guys posting baits yep. that, uh, they have, they don't have any swim videos or their swim videos are in their bathtub <laughs> or, or whatever. Like, I don't, yeah. just, that's, yep. just, that's just how it is. And it's like, this is super cool. And innovation is like what, what we strive for, I guess, as a community, but like it, it's innovation that needs to be tested and right. Uh, proven proven is is a very i think is a bold term like it just i just need to see that that fish react to it i guess and then you know give it two years and when it becomes a proven bait awesome like right it's super cool like it's not going to happen off the bat but you need some kind of uh of work you need to sort like cite the evidence that it's going to be the next big thing at some point in time right and that's the thing i mean i you know, you see a lot of a lot of people, you know, complaining. Oh, well, that just looks the same as you know that bait. It looks the same as this. But I think the biggest thing people are not realizing, like, you know, yeah, it might something might look somewhat similar. What people need to really start focusing on is the action. Like, yeah, it might look similar, but that bait, you know, probably doesn't swim half as good as this one. Yeah. So stop, you know, comparing what they look like and compare the actions. People, you know what I mean? Compare how these things actually swim and and how fish react to them, how they, not every, how they function. It's just, I think there's a lot more to it than just what they look like. You know what I mean? I think that's and kind like, of a, a lot of people caught up on that thing. Like, it looks like that. It looks like this. And rather than really, you know, diving down, well, if you look, if you really look close, it might look like ain't nothing like that, babe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like glide baits, they all swim different, whether it's a super yeah. choppy glider or a super wide glider, like, like wake baits, like wake baits is like the big thing or just build baits in general. Like if you change that degree of where that bill is by a degree or two, it's yep. going to swim completely different. Like as much right. as I, I hate, not going to say I hate, but like, I'm always like, oh man, that does look like that. But I'm like, well, it's also, there is very, like, there is a little bit difference. Like, oh, it has a dorsal fin. It has smaller eyes or it has like a big eye cavity, like where there's an eyebrow on it. Like that's going to move water a little bit different than XYZ is, or maybe the gill plate's not as pronounced. Like, it's like, okay, well, as much as like deep down, I'm like, oh man, it really does look like this bait. I'm like, well, maybe it does, it brings something to the market that that bait or maybe no other bait does. Like, it's just, it's how it is. Unfortunately, unless it's like a straight up ABS China KO, it, it, it should yeah. look the same and do different stuff. That's just how it is, I guess. Yep, exactly. No, you're right on that one. Definitely. Uh, oh, so the gear you use, like the rods, line, uh, reels, whatever. What's uh, kind of breakdown? I guess maybe like three setups you use pretty frequently, or two, or the one your go-to for everything. Kind of walk us through that stuff that you like to use whenever you go out. Um, 
Well, pretty much. Uh, uh, I use all Leviathan stuff now. I've uh, last two years, I've strictly switched all my swim bait stuff over to Leviathan, and I have been more than pleased with them. Eric makes some freaking amazing rods. Um, I uh, I used to kind of have a little bit of everything. I had you know some low downs, had an F five, had a lot of Dobbins and stuff. But the last two years, I've kind of you know just got rid of everything and strictly went you know to Leviathan, and uh, it is just it's been a game changer. I mean, there it, I haven't personally personally felt a rod out there that is is well balanced and as parabolic as these rods i mean when you first get them and if you like haven't had them when you first get those rods and you put one in your hand it's just you know what i mean it's just different it's different Dude, than it's every like other rod i have <laughs> yes uh, it's insane to me i mean i yeah i've uh man i've definitely been in love with these rods <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much all I use now. I got, I think, three of the finesse rods, a couple of medium heavies, a couple of heavies, extra heavy, and I'm, I'm gonna stick with them. I, uh, I talked to Eric a little, a few weeks, a week or so ago, and uh, I think I'm gonna start eventually putting all my conventional stuff over as well. So I'm gonna yeah. be uh, doing all that. Eric's a, you know, he's a great guy. I like what he's doing over there with his brand. Um, what he's about, what his company represents. It's all, uh, you know, something I'm stoked to be part of. Yeah, dude. And it's like, uh, I, I talk about it and it probably sounds, some people will probably go, it's just because he runs ads for him or whatever. But like, when you pick one up, dude, it's like, this dude, is it's, different, it's, like a, it's like a glorified jerkbait rod. And it's like, it's like yep. all it is. It's what it feels 100%. like. Oh yeah, and it's no, like, I know. I think the, the first one yeah. I had was that medium heavy, and yep. I just remember getting. It, I was like, "Dude, this is just this is insane." I have not felt you know right, this light. I mean, I will. I won't get the the lowdowns are the closest I've seen compared to the Leviathans, but there's just something with the balance of these Leviathans that I just I can't get over, and they're definitely uh, definitely the ones I'm going to stick with for now on. Dude, the the parabolic load up in, in them, it's yeah. oh my gosh! It, it, like I said, yep. it, it's probably it probably sounds like you know we're we're doing X Y Z because because we like their stuff, but no, um, it, it's like it's proven, room, man. It's, just, it's crazy, dude. It is just absolutely uh, bonkers. I've had a few guys recently. Um, you know, I've talked to. They messaged me. You know, I kind of asked you know, what, what rods they should, you know, look into. They're really getting into it big time and they're going out buying, you know, all these expensive rods. I'm not putting no names out there, nothing like that. And, but you know, they're buying these rods and I'm saying, and then I'll, I'll, a couple of them, I'll eventually talk them into, you know, just trying out one of the Leviathans. And man, once they do every single one of them end up coming back, you know, messaging me saying, yep, you know, I'm glad you, you know, showed me these things. This is definitely where I'm going with them. And, I, I truly think it's just, I don't know. I think it's one of the best one by rods on the market right now. Yeah, dude. It's like coming from a guy who, who loves, I have a, a jerkbait rod. It's a, uh, what is it? Um, it's a Powell Endurance 6104. Super kick-ass yeah. rod. I fish everything on it. Like I'll fish a jig on it even. It's got a super, super light tip and it loads up super well. And I had fished uh, a lot of pro- 
uh, like a lot of production rods, swim bait rods and stuff up until mm-hmm. uh, probably about two years ago. And I, I got some different rods, some custom production rods and I'm like, wow, it's super crazy. And I bought, bought my medium heavy last year. I bought it, mind you, secondhand. It's like a four-year-old rod. So it's like super, not necessarily beat, but it's been used, right? And uh, right. I remember getting it. I remember this guy handing it to me in the hallway. It was my old neighbor. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like I can fish, I can fish four or five ounces on this thing he's like yeah i'm like are you serious <laughs> he's like yeah yeah like, dude and uh it's I, uh, the medium heavy super badass rod i picked up a finesse oh, yeah. at the gathering for the first time and i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. this thing would sling atk holy crap oh it's uh it's it's amazing yeah i i don't know how i don't know how i ended up with three of them but i got three of them now i had uh and I, I mean, I'm glad I, I love them. I had a local buddy that ended up, he, um, I think mean, he, I think mean, he had one, he had two of them or something, was wanting to get rid of one. And I snatched that one up as well. And I, I throw all kinds of stuff on those rods. And just once, when you get a real big one on that rod, it is just, uh, it's fun. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, Dude. fun, fun. Alec Weaker has been catching those like 10, 14 pound wiper. Oh my gosh. That has got to be a fucking blast. I can. Yeah. I I can imagine. I, yeah, I, I caught a couple months ago. I caught a, like a 15 pound striper on a, it's like a medium light. It's like a finesse crankbait rod. I mean, this thing is very finesse rod. Yeah. yeah, it was the cast catch on your Instagram. Yeah, I watched it yeah. a couple of days ago, I think. Dude, that thing, that that, that wasn't just absolutely insane. So I could imagine with these little finesse rods, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Those stripers and wipers, they're a different breed. Those things are just, they're mean and they, they, put, on a, they put on a show. <laughs> yeah, dude, I wish, every night I go to bed and I'm like, ah, I wish we had those in my river because that would be so much yeah. fucking fun. Especially in the wintertime, yeah. dude. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. 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 But uh yeah, man, is there anything else like broad term that we didn't touch on that you kind of wanted to talk about? Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, I don't think so. I think we uh covered most of it. Oh, yeah. Man. And uh we'll we'll have to get you on maybe like December, November, October of, of 2023 and kind of elaborate on, on your adventures that you did this year and kind of what your fishing was like as a whole, what it shaped up to be like, kind of review, Definitely. overview, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a lot more filming this year. I got, I got a lot of ideas for stuff and uh, going to try to start doing a little bit more video stuff. So hopefully get some YouTube stuff going sometime. Yeah. I got too much time on my hands. So I got to make something <laughs> of it. <laughs> Oh yeah, man, and that's kind of going to lead us into uh, what what are your socials for anybody who can who wants to follow you that doesn't already. Um, you can find my Instagram, which is Cody Kirk Fishing, um, Cody underscore Kirk underscore Fishing, and then just Cody Kirk on Facebook. That's about it. Eventually, I'll get a I'll get a YouTube going up soon. I got so much storage, so much videos and stuff. I'll eventually get some stuff going on there. So yeah, yep, but that's it for now. Since you're uh, since you had had surgery, how how many hours of cast to catch footage have you gone through since you've oh been laid up in bed? <laughs> so so much, and it's it's there's so much, and I'm actually got so my wife's friend is a she's in the film industry here in Atlanta, okay. and I mean yeah. they're like 
big movies and all that stuff. So she's, yeah, walk she's willing shit. to, yeah, she, she's fully willing to like help me really put together some cool videos and start some YouTube stuff. So, you know, hopefully in the next year you'll start seeing some really cool stuff like that come down the pipe. I'm going to focus this year on just tons of footage, underwater footage, all that type of stuff. So hell yeah, man. Um, but obviously like always for, for the guys who listen to the show, I will leave all yep. of Cody's stuff in the, in the description. So you guys can go give him a follow. And, and like I said, keep, keep an eye out on, or like he said, keep an eye out for the YouTube stuff. Cause it's coming down the shoot sooner or later. But, uh, yep. Other than that, um, obviously, make sure if you guys don't already, follow the podcast, Instagram, scales and tails underscore podcast. That's where you'll see all the updates with uh, with the upcoming projects and stuff. Obviously, uh, the magazine, I didn't talk about it this show, and I talked about it the last show. And uh, that's about that's the first time you guys have heard about it. But yeah, pot or magazine stuff is coming out in March and be quarterly after that. Uh, if, you guys, if you guys haven't already, go snag a sticker, the, the Swimbait Forever hashtag uh Wu Tang inspiration sticker that uh, I'm pretty sure those will probably be sold out by the time you guys hear this. Yeah. They'll be they'll be restocked so you guys can go grab one but not into the giveaway. Uh like I said the magazine and uh I wanna say that's pro that's 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 it for the time being. Who knows? I'll probably fucking be sitting in bed and oh rate the rate the podcast if you guys haven't already five stars is super appreciated on your listening platform. And uh like I said, I, I think that is officially everything. And, and like I said, all of Cody's stuff will be in the description so you guys can go give him a follow on Instagram and send him a friend request on Facebook if that's that's your cup of tea. But as always, I want to thank Cody for coming on. We kind of, once once he had had his surgery, he's like, okay, this this will be a good time for me to come on. So we kind of hashed out a plan from there. And yeah. I'm glad we got it, got it all lined up for today because I think this episode, like for you being able to cover NorCal and Georgia fishing and then even touch a little bit on like your experiences on OHIV. And then, you know, that little rabbit hole, we went on electronic electronics yeah. and technology. I think this is, this is a pretty damn good episode in my opinion. I think, I think a lot of people awesome. will enjoy this one. Awesome. Glad to hear, man. I appreciate you having me on though. Yeah, man, for sure. And like I said, we'll get you back on late in the fall, early winter. And we'll kind of touch on uh touch on your adventures for the past past season you had. Yep. Sounds Perfect, good. Anytime. Man. Hell yeah, man. So as always, like I said, I want to thank Cody for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this awesome episode and I will talk to you guys next time. See you guys.